I told him, I just felt like I just need to go to the Orlando Jones school of everything yeah. because he, he was just preaching. Yeah. Hey everyone. Welcome back to the Blur Girl podcast. I'm Karima, your host. Sorry for the lag time between episodes. I had a few tech issues and a ton of stuff going on, but I think they're resolved now. In this episode, I'm going to be talking to the Grand Duchess of Tech herself, Miss Tatiana King-Jones. Tatiana is one half of the super popular podcast, The Fan Bros Show, over on the Loudspeaker Network. But before I tell you all about her, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Universal FanCon is a brand new convention coming to the Baltimore Convention Center in April of 2018. FanCon will be a round-the-clock event featuring comics, cosplay, gaming, celebrity guests, music, and more with a focus on diversity and inclusion. Get your tickets now at UniversalFanCon.com because geek is universal. Now, if you haven't already, you really need to buy your tickets and make your hotel reservations for Universal FanCon today. Put in for panels, apply to vend, get all this stuff done before the holidays, people. Do not climb up at my mentions at the top of the year talking about you never told me about FanCon because I'm telling you now. So many people are going to be there. The cast of American Gods, yes, including Ricky Whittle and Orlando Jones, voiceover god Phil Lamar, uh, Makad Brooks from Supergirl, Katie Sullivan, Terry Doty, Sumali Montano from NCIS, comic book creator Regine Sawyer, musician and original Blur Girl Samus, Big Daddy Kane, Peter Shinkoda, the list goes on and on. It's in April of 2018. It's a 24-hour convention, which is going to be nuts. But 2018 is not as far away as you might think, folks. So make your reservations and buy your tickets now. So the next convention that I'll be attending, of course, is New York Comic Con next week at the Jacob Javits Convention Center. I will be on not one, not two, but three panels at the event. On Friday, October 6th, I will be on a panel called Full Spectrum, Why Color and Comics Matters, hosted by Nasi Gifted of PB Soldier. I will be sharing the stage with Roy Okupe of EXO Legend of Wale Williams, Micheline Hess, who created Malice in Ovenland, and Regine Sawyer of Ice Queen and the founder of the Women in Comics Collective International. Uh, also, webcomic and three-time Glyph Award winner Chuck Collins will also be on that panel. Then on Saturday the 7th, I'll be on the Black Heroes Matter panel hosted by Carl Vernado with the Black Heroes Matter creator Uraeus and David Walker. You remember he wrote Power Man and Iron Fist and Nighthawk and Shaft. Uh, Ryan Benjamin, uh, he's currently writing Odyssey of the Amazons at DC and has done some amazing Overwatch work. You really have to check his stuff out. Faith Cheltenham, writer, bisexual activist and founder of the networking site Yes Black People. Uh, then on Sunday, I'm participating in the Afropunks and Blurds panel with Charles Pulliam Moore, writer for Gizmodo and io9, the amazing musician and blur girl Samus, and the Afrofuturist writer Yatasha Womack, and again, Chuck Collins of Bounce. That panel will be hosted by David Walker. All the details for these panels are on my Instagram, but they will be on my site um, before next week. So you can check there for the room numbers and the times and locations. And I have even more news, but that's just all going to have to wait until after the con to share. 
Don't forget to follow me on Instagram and SoundCloud during New York Comic Con next week from the 6th to the 9th because that's where you see me most during live events. Before I forget, I just want to give a big shout out to my followers on Twitter for your constant support and love. This week, I crossed the 12,000 follower milestone. That's right. The Blurred Girl Twitter account now has over 12,000 followers. Thank you guys. Thank you guys so much. Now, today's interview, as I mentioned, is with Tatiana King-Jones, who has really become a force for women in diversity in the geek tech space. Through fan bros, Tatiana and her co-host, DJ Ben Hamid, really have gotten to interview a lot of really amazing actors and actresses. Among them, Alfred Woodard, Orlando Jones, and Brian Fuller, the co-creator of American Gods on Stars, who incidentally ended up hiring Ben Hamid to write on season two of American Gods. So a big shout out to my now West Coast brother, Ben Hamin, for his amazing success. In this interview, we, me and Tatiana talk about anime, tech, her favorite guest on her podcast, and why Black Panther is so lit. And she even gets me over my fear of Alexa. I have privacy issues with Alexa. So stay tuned for my interview with Tatiana King-Jones. Hi, this is Karen Pippen from Luke Cage, and you are listening to The Blurred Girl. Hey everyone, this is Eric Dean Seaton, television director and creator of the graphic novel series Legend of the Mantamaji and the upcoming Legend of the Mantamaji Bloodlines, and you're listening to The Blurred Girl Podcast. Hi, Tatiana. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm super excited to be here. I saw all the other episodes and I was like, I want to be on that show. So here I am. <laughs> Tell your friends. So for those of you who don't know, I, Tatiana King-Jones, of course, is the Grand Duchess of Tech from the Fan Bro Show. But she's also like tech diva across the web. Like for the two people out there who don't know who you are. Can oh, girl. You please, <laughs> can you please tell the world um, who, who you is? I'm sure there's way more than two people, but my, you said my name, Tatiana King-Jones. That is my honorific name. You have to say the whole thing like a tribe yes. called Quest. Yes. Like a pimp, I, like a pimp named Slipback. Like, like a pimp named I am, I consider myself a tech advocate, tech blogger, tech reviewer. So what that means is things like your iPhone, your handheld games, um, the things you're, you're, that you put in your house, like your Alexa and your Google Home. So I'll talk a lot about that, just generally telling people what's coming out, uh, explain how it works. If there's any new features that are maybe a little difficult to understand, I'll teach people how to use it. And overall, I just try to simplify technology for, for just the general user. On top of that, you mentioned Fanbros. Fanbros is our geek culture podcast from the perspective of people of color. I am one of the hosts along with DJ Ben Amin. We are part of the Loudspeakers Network, which is on the same network like Combat Jack, The Read, and all of that. Honestly, all- she's yeah. not giving herself enough credit. She's actually the brains of the operation. I don't care what anybody says. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to sit down and be humble. Um, word of Kendrick. But, uh, but yeah, so we talk about geek culture, all aspects of geek culture. So I mentioned tech, but we also talk about things like movies, TV, comics. Comics is huge for us. And we also inject a lot of pop culture in there as well. So we, we also are, are constantly talking about the social issues that affect people of color. And we pride ourselves in being an intersectional podcast. So we focus in on issues that affect um, Black trans women. We focus in on issues that affect um 
marginalized group within the Asian community, within the First Nations community. Like we we try our best to, even if we're not talking about it every single day, maybe the guests we're talking to will be featured because they're part of that community in some way um, or they're supporting that community in some way. So we're really focused in on that. So besides podcasting, talking about tech all day long on every social media, I actually live on Twitter. I have a house there. Yes. It's beautiful. She gets, uh, she gets, <laughs> mail, she gets mail there. You getting catalogs still? I got an IKEA uh, catalog on Twitter the other day. Unfortunately, but yeah. So, so besides just like constantly being online and tethered to my phone, uh, I I also do a podcast with Hey Fran Hey and Angela Yee called uh, Colorful Lives. That is the podcast for State Farm, where we talk about really for Black women, we talk about financial um, assistance, how to better your financial life, how to better your tech life, and how to better your life on the business side of things. And we will be coming back for another season. I don't know when. So don't ask me, but it's coming. <laughs> but it's a good it's show. I really, I really enjoy it, and I think the conversations that you guys have are so interesting. Because I was like, okay, they got three people from three completely different, right. you know. So I don't want to say walks of life because that's not it. It's sort of three completely, I would think, um, viewpoints. Of, yes, of of black female you know, life. And exactly. it, but it's really interesting how you guys mesh together. I find it, I mean, it's fun. It really do hope like it comes back soon. Cause I, I, so too. I noticed on my feed, I'm like, it, I don't see anything new. Oh, man. <laughs> I, was, I mean, we've been told it's coming back. We don't know when, but that being said, yes, it's, it's, I love working with them. They're, they're a blast. And just everything that I'm doing in general, I, I just love it. Like I, I had mentioned all that other stuff, but I'm, I also do movie reviews. So You'll see a lot more videos of me where I'm doing one-on-ones with, uh, you mentioned the interviews with, with whether it's directors or actors or things like that. And I'm a writer as well. So I've lately, I've, I've been trying to stop procrastinating so much and putting out my movie reviews, putting out my pieces. Like I had a piece on mike.com about Pokemon, Pokemon, which I thought was great. Yeah, no, that was awesome. Yeah. So overall, like if I just had to like really quickly describe who I am, I am uh, yes, I'm a geek. I'm a nerd, but I'm not your average. Let's say that. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I, I consider myself one of the cool ones. Like <laughs> I, I love my music and and my fashions and all the other stuff. But at the same time, I could turn around and play some Zelda. Like that's just how I am, so, and that's how it's always been. So. That's me. Look, your Instagram is live. Okay. Like it's like every time I'm like, I want to live like her. So <laughs> I got to know the good pictures to put up. Right when, I, when I grow up, I want to be Tatiana. Tell me about like some of the most fun interviews you've done, whether that, that was you and your own or Fambros or. Well, typically the best interviews are on Fambros because like 90% of the time we're in studio with the person sitting next to us. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we're off site, but we usually have the person in front of us. And I, I like the fact that you get to talk to the person. And I'm going to say generally, and I'm going to try to remember something specific, but the people that we've talked to, you, you always find out so much more about them behind the scenes. Like, especially when they have this specific persona, whether it's online or on TV or whatever, and then you meet them in real life and they're like a whole completely different person. And nine times out of 10, the people who we talk to have just been more amazing than we thought they were. We haven't had any well, one, but we haven't had any issues where anyone has showed up. We were like, oh, duh, I don't really like that person. But um, just more specifically, oh, man, we, we've interviewed a lot of people. We, we've done this show for four years. Yeah. And 
maybe 75% of the episodes have a, a guest on it. So, and we interview people from, from all walks of all walks of life, really. So we had people from the music industry, people from the tech industry, people who are in film and TV and all that stuff. Okay, so I, I'll ask more specifically, yeah. Alfred Woodard or Orlando Jones? Okay, so the greatest thing about this is neither of them were actually in person. Oh, okay. So, but that being said, we did have a lot of like, uh, I, I guess behind the scenes time with them where we were just talking mm-hmm. we weren't recording. First of all, I was just kind of in shock with Alfrey because one, I was like, why are you here? But <laughs> I say that like, of, of course she's here because you guys have a great show, but right. Right. But you have that moment where you're pinching yourself. Like she's, she's legendary. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of, in all, like, obviously, thank God, that's probably a good thing she wasn't there because I was just sitting there like, that's Alfre Woodard on the on the line. Like, you hear her, and I, I don't know, but but if if anything, it, it just felt almost surreal. And then with Orlando, I just felt like I told him I just felt like I just need to go to the Orlando Jones School of Everything yeah. because he he was just preaching. Yeah. If go listen to that episode because the gems he was dropping, like. Just we weren't we were not prompting him. He was just speaking straight from his heart and just speaking the truth. And what I love about Orlando is he is very specific when it comes to the black experience and what it means to be black in America specifically. And for him, what it means to be a black man and a black man that acts and does not have problems with his masculinity. Mm-hmm. Because Orlando goes like he plays all sorts of characters all across every line. So working and and. And being able to interview someone like that w- was very empowering. Like, yeah, it's just like it, it, it really is eye opening. Now, who was the most surprising? Like somebody who you had an interview with that you thought, OK, this interview, we're going to ask these questions. It's going to go this way. And then they <laughs> open their mouth and you were like, OK, didn't know that. Oh, Wasn't man. ready. I feel like I should have like the entire list of Fan Bro Show because this happened bef- many times before. One of the ones that's happened about maybe two years ago was Maceo from De La Soul. Really? He, yeah, we had him on the show and all he could talk about was Scandal. Like he was Scandal oh fan number one. And I mean, I'm I'm a little younger, but I I know who they are. So is I mean, that's hip hop legends right there. So I thought we were just all gonna really be about maybe some video games and hip hop and all that stuff. No, he went into scandal. He was like, oh, like like he was like Stan and he for and Olivia he was, Pope, for like, yes. yes, and he and he's very proud of standing. And and that's why I love when people come on our show because. Yeah, we're, we're 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 talking about pop culture, but we're also bringing them into this world of you know, well, what do you stand for? What are you a geek about, or what are you a nerd about? And for him to like really just be open and just go on, like talking about Olivia and talking about who don't need to date who, and like he was really. I know that would throw me off. I, I would not have been prepared for that. I was just like, oh, okay, you know, well, wow, we did not know you would be the poster boy or poster child for for, for a scandal, but. Like, just really, that I think that was maybe one of the most surprising ones. Okay, now, I know you've seen Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, what did you think? Loved it. Best Spider-Man movie to date. Better. And, and no offense, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. Yeah, y'all came before, whatever. This movie, though? Homecoming. Oh. <laughs> okay. It's the most comprehensive uh, example or personification of Spider-Man, Peter Parker to date. It really is. They showed him as a child. Um, 
not, not of course not all the time, but but many most of the depictions depict him as a teenager. Yeah, it depicts him, and, and that's it, that is essential to understanding the character of Peter Parker slash Spider-Man because that directly affects how he interacts with other people. That directly affects his experiences, how uh, he decisions he makes, whether or not they're immature or whatever the case may be. And to be able to see that on film for someone who, one, has the physicality of Spider-Man yeah. and two as the, the the general uh, personality that, that works very well. So he, essentially, he was a, Tom Holland was a great Peter Parker and a great Spider-Man. Yeah, and, and, I, th- and I also think that it was a good teen movie. Like, we keep yeah. seeing Spider-Man being projected as this, like, mini adult kind of person or a grown person playing a high schooler. But this was now that I was a fan of the animated series. And so this is like a cross to me. The movie felt like a cross to me between spectacular Spider-Man and mm. the comic books, like this, mm. which was, there was yep. a spectacular uh, Spider-Man comic book series as well, but that was all of his interactions with other people and other villains and things like that. Um, I, it, but I also liked for once they showed the New York that I live in. They showed a real New York. Yeah. They showed like maybe the most, the best STEM school or what the, what, what a STEM school in America that's most diverse would look like. Like they, what they showed really, I, I just, I was just very attracted to the movie just in general from the stories to the interactions between the characters, his best friend, Ned, Zendaya, um, uh, Laura, mm-hmm. uh, excuse me, Laura Harrier, who plays Liz, Liz Allen. Yeah. Uh, just everything about it was was just very balanced, and it and it wasn't too slow, wasn't too fast. It just made a lot of sense, and it was fun. At the end of the day, it was just really fun to watch. It was, and I also liked some of the subtleties that they played with, like how they de- dealt with race, how like how they dealt with class, and not like in your face, but they sort of were using. Everybody knows that Peter Parker grew up working class. You know, his aunt May is raising him, but he's going to a pretty prestigious STEM magnet school where there are a lot of children. Most of the other kids have money. So you're seeing classism. They're not separating them now by intellect because everybody in that school, you can't get into that school if you're dumb, right? You're not getting into that school because you don't, you know, people are going to detention because they, you know, bl- you know, might have blown something up in science class. They're not going because they didn't go to class. So exactly. it's like you're seeing the classism struggle that happens in a lot of high schools, too, which is something that I remember growing up with. And I found that really, really interesting because that's not dealt with. But yeah, uh, just even his being sort of bilingual and speaking Spanglish in yeah. the, you know, the bodega and just like everyday yeah. stuff. I'm like, yeah, that would happen. It was very New York. Very it was very New York. New York. And, and, and you're referring to the the interaction between Peter and Flash Thompson. Mm-hmm. The fact that Flash Thompson, you know, he has the money and the means and all this other stuff. And then Liz herself, Liz lives in a baller ass mansion, basically. I, right. Maybe she out in Queens. I don't know where this girl is, Long Island. I don't know. But she's balling. And he, like you said, he lives pretty, pretty uh, comparatively speaking, he lives a humble Well, it could be Queens life. because there are parts of Queens that are like just have like Brooklyn. Houses, yeah, yeah, just like Brooklyn. Like you, but yeah. you can have a split level ranch with a driveway and then go around the corner right. and then have have right. an apartment building. So they're probably all in the same district. Just so I'm thinking of New York city schools, but mm-hmm. it, but the, the class difference, you know, they probably live in different zip codes, decidedly yeah. different and, zip codes. 
yeah, you brought up a very good point. Everything, any, any, whether it was a lesson per se, or it was just an observation, it was subtle, but it was still poignant. It's still, you still caught the way, at least if you're, if you're really paying attention, you, you would catch the wave. Yeah. And so I, I, it's actually, I was, because you know, a lot of people are like, yeah, it's amazing. And you show up and you're like, why is this amazing? Or you hear a bunch of people hear say that a movie's horrible and you show up and you're like, it's not that bad. What's going on? So I was, I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, happy that when everybody said, this is amazing. And I felt the same that it way. Came true. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I was angry about is that I, I was in one of those real 3d situations where, and the glasses didn't work for half the movie. And I was like, okay, I got to come back and see this movie again. So that, cause I was so distracted by my double yeah. vision that I missed. Yeah. I know I missed a couple of things. So I want, I want to go back and see it again. Um, well, F real 3d. Let's yeah, just say that I, that's horrible. Yeah, and just shoot and shoot actual 3d. No, and two, honestly, at least for me, 3D is trash 99% of the time. Like, it's no need. I will always, I, I will either go to IMAX yeah. or I'll go to standard viewing. I don't need the 3D. The only time 3D really made sense to me was in Avatar. Right. And other, I actually, other, other than that, I've never seen a good use of like 3D that I actually needed. Right. Like, why did I need to see 3D of him sitting in the car? It's just, okay, he's closer to me in the car. Why is that? Like, okay. uh, it's just a play for more money. And I don't, you know, I don't blame the studios. That's what their job yeah. is. But at this, like, as a consumer, I'm not doing it. So, how about TV? Is there anything on TV that you're liking right now? I mean, I want American Gods to come back like yesterday. I want American Gods to come back. I need Stranger yes. Things. I need October to be now because I want Stranger Things. Like, I, I don't actually don't watch too much TV. So when I do watch oh, all shows, my stuff is stream, yeah, my stuff is recorded in streams too. There's one right. or two things that I that I watch, and I've been telling everybody to watch also season two of. Um, but you actually should have watched season one of Clever Man. I'm a big Clever Man fan. I watched a little bit of that on Netflix. I haven't gone through the whole season yet, but I have watched it, and it's actually pretty good. Yeah, um, season two is shaping up to be really good too. Um, how about the trailer? For Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah, well, I'm into anime, and then like the whole live. I'm always very leery of live action adaptations because it's never. You, but this it's one, never this one looks good. This one looks good. But, <laughs> but this one looks good. Yes, and it's from Japan, yes. so it, it, it's legitimate. Um, that said, um, I'm 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 excited to watch it. I will watch. I will see it. Um, I'm into. Are we just talking about live action or just anime? No, no, we're talking about anime too. I'm also. I've, okay. I, have you watched any fun anime? New anime recently? I haven't watched anything new per se, but it may be new to other people. When I mention it, mm-hmm. uh, I would I would definitely suggest you mention Death Note. Yeah, gotta see Death Note. Death Note is classic anime right yeah, now. Yeah, the anime. We're telling you to watch the, the anime. anime. We are not condoning watching the live action. And there, so there's three live action films that were came out of Japan, and I'm not, and I'm not referring to the Netflix one that's coming no, out. I, I, I don't know what's happening with that one, and I'm like not looking forward. We're to pretending it. that one's not happening. Definitely watch Death Note. Definitely watch this show called The Devil Is a Part Timer. When I say, if you love anime, when I say that, it's just so funny. It is so funny. Like. Not that I haven't seen funny mm-hmm, anime, mm-hmm. but just that level of awareness in an anime I haven't really seen recently. So that's very good. One Punch Man, yep. really amazing. If you're into um, the fighting genre, if you're into, uh, like, I don't want to just use it as an all-encompassing example, but think DBZ, mm-hmm. but smart. I was going to think- say, it's better than, <laughs> I think it's better than DBZ, but yes. old It's like older and smarter fighting. 
Yeah. yeah, and also it tends to make fun of the anime genre also. Yeah. It's I'm very tongue-in-cheek. It's, it's very satirical. It has that, and it also plays around with multiple animation styles. So, and so I know a lot of people, they watch it and they go, what's wrong with the animation? There's nothing wrong with it. it it's purposefully throughout one episode, you may see 10 different animation styles, but that's what makes it so amazing, so great. Um, I Have would you say- seen Ajin? No, but but Girl. but Outlaw Bar's anime podcast. They've been saying you, you gotta watch to that. You watch, gotta watch that. and I'm not a fan of horror because I get scared. But I liked Ajin, and Ajin Ajin is more suspense thriller than horror. <laughs> yeah, there's blood. It's anime. There's a fight. There's gonna be blood. But it's it's you just have to watch it because the suspense and then the psychological aspect mm-hmm. of it is. At, it's, it makes you think on a level like death. It reminds me of Death Note. Like, yes. wait, if that's yes. happening, oh, wait now, that means everything's about to change. Like, yeah, if you have a chance, definitely watch Ajin. The manga's good as well. Obviously, the manga's usually better. Um, yeah. What Do you watch Attack on Titan or no? Oh, I love okay, Attack on yeah. Titan. This I, season, I, I must say, I have all the manga, okay. all the volumes. So, yeah. like, this season, though, I wasn't ready. Every se- You know how, like, the first season, every couple episodes would be, oh, my God. It felt like this season, every episode, like, every, how are they going to get out of this? Every episode, like, if you, if, if you guys, if you're, like, uh, a little afraid of blood or afraid of just people dying constantly. Yeah, don't watch like, Ajin or, or Attack on Titan. Then. Don't, right. No, 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 Attack on Titan, like, just makes me so, gives me so much anxiety, yeah. but I cannot stop watching yeah. it. Because it's, it looks beautiful and the story is really very well done. But when I say people catching L's every five minutes... And even like the people you think that would never catch L, they catch an L's and you, anxiety. Yeah. Just pure oh, yeah. Very much like uh, um, uh, mm. Walking Dead, like no character is safe. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my God. And then the only thing that would lighten it up for me would be some of the creepy titans. Like the ones that were like up against. <laughs> <laughs> creepy titan had me go. I was actually kind of sad when creepy titan caught it because I wanted him to be around like. I can't, oh, I love when they catch it. I'm like, you dummy. Like, I, I love when they catch it. Uh, one thing, one show I wanted to throw in there, since you mentioned psychological thriller type of thing, Psychopaths. You yes. gotta watch I actually have not finished Psychopaths because it jacked me, me up neither. for a minute. I'm gonna, like, I, I had guess step away. I had to step away. Psychopaths, basically, if you lived in a world where a mainframe computer controlled whether or not you were deemed sane... And there were enforcers or, well, there's a lot of other people, but there were essentially people who walk around who make sure and pay attention to your psychopath levels, your, your saneness levels. And there are, and again, why I love tech and, 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 you know, sci-fi and all that mixes all that in. You have machines that are checking on you, constantly checking on the people walking around, seeing, making sure that they're not quote unquote going crazy. And then when they do, then the cops come and then you get sent away. And it's, and it's this whole, it's a whole thing to yeah, it. But it's like, it's, it's, I feel like it's sort of like, um, oh um, I don't know. It's weird. Like matrix almost meets black mirror meets, yeah. meets, you could say meets, uh, Sword Art Online, actually. 
Because all those yes. people are jacked into the game. Um, That's another good anime. Yeah, sort of. Um, I have the first, the first, the first. Yeah, season, I, the first I have. Um, I was gonna say I have thoughts about this. I have questions about the second, second season. season is but the first season, because I think the reason why the first season went so well is because they didn't know they were getting a second season, and now it's like. Yes. Oh, so now it's like, what are we writing? Yeah, now, yes, we can do a sec- second season. Sure, we have a theme planned. <laughs> like, that's what it feels like. But the first season was excellent um, because it's a bunch of people trapped in a game. Speaking, oh, check that, segue, gaming. Um, so now, I'm not a huge gamer. Um, I, I, I game... Well, here's the thing. It's funny. I was a big fighting gamer for a while. Like Tekken, I bet, yeah. Soul Calibur, Tekken, Soul Calibur. I'm very excited about the new Tekken that's coming out. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to have to buy all the things to make sure. Street yeah, Fighter. Yeah, all that. All that. If it, So I had, even like, well, when Capcom wasn't stupid, you know, like Capcom versus whoever, basically. Um, <laughs> Capcom versus the world. The world, yeah. <laughs> so I... It took me a minute to get involved with RPGs mm-hmm. because usually at the end of the day, I wanted to just fight. You know, you work, okay. I, I work in a very male, white dominated industry. I come home, I just want to shoot things or punch things. You feel a little aggressive. Right, a little just bit. a little bit. So like stopping the fight to have a conversation and ask me a question. It's like, should you, you know, should you move forward? Should you have a conversation? Should they die? Yes, they should die. Everybody should die. That's what I'm here for. I want <laughs> so, you have so you must have trouble with the earlier I did. Well, even now the earlier no I did I couldn't uh, get into Final Fantasy because yeah. they're alternative I couldn't do it and then in the beginning I'm I'm there now I'm better now I have it I actually played a little bit of um, Mass Effect but it, it but it's actually gorgeous so it's like one thing and then like all of the I've just gotten I could spend hours just making a suit so now I'm like oh yeah it's just, <laughs> you fall that you had yeah. to plan your that's, schedule for this stuff that's how it is like when you play Skyrim or Fallout. Yeah. That's you, you, I, because you're, you, you've been transported into a full blown world. Like I, I, this is not hyperbole. This is literally another world. And that's why I understand when like they say, well, people have a problem because they're addicted and all this other stuff, because if you like that type of customization and learning and discovering, you can get sucked into that. And like some people really just forget that this world exists, this meat space exists and yeah. you, you're like, oh, I have this character that I could customize, and now that character is me. And then people get lost in they that do type get lost of thing, in that and, and like in a weird second life sort of way. Uh, years ago, I worked at an office where everybody was addicted to Unreal, so I kind of got into <laughs> Unreal for a minute. But that was first-person shooter; that wasn't like a lot of talking, and it was fun because I was playing with everybody in the office. I thought I was going to be cute and try and play this online at home, and that was like. Oh, I wasn't ready for the little kid in Arkansas to call me all kinds of names. Okay, I didn't. That's why I don't get I wasn't, on it. Well, why. that was why I stopped playing those kind of games. My boyfriend actually really likes playing as he'll make a black female character and play as her. But he's got like a he's a big guy and he's got a really deep voice. So what's really funny is he'll play as her. Then he won't always have his headphones or his mic on or whatever. But sometimes he will play in that mode, and then mm-hmm. he'll hear people talking about him, and then he'll come in and confuse everybody because they're like. Wait, you're the, I love wait, it. you're the chick? Yeah, what's the problem? <laughs> Any game where I can customize a character, I always make her a black woman. Always, 100%. It don't matter if it's a little you know, toadstool from Super Mario. I, I'm going to make it 
black. Like, I, I just because it's not enough. It's just, it's not enough. And then even when you do, you don't have enough customization. Like, you can have maybe an afro, maybe cornrows, and then locks. And yeah. then that's it. And even though but, they don't get right sometimes, because I'm like, how? The front is okay, but the back, right. y'all didn't. I'm just oh, like, okay, so nobody know, nobody wanted to look at somebody's back, back of their hair long enough to code. We don't get any box braids. braids. We don't. We don't get any box braids. We don't get any uh, bantu knots. We don't get any swoops to the side. Like we don't get nothing. Some like of them, some of them, uh, not just Mass Effect, but um, Overwatch. I heard has. I'm not playing Overwatch before anybody mm-hmm. comes at me. I'm not playing it, but I heard there's some. Overwatch really amazing- is very good. Okay, and it's it, very good. And it looks like it's really diverse across it's, everything. It, it is. In fact, we were just talking about that on the podcast. Like it's. First of all, there is a section of one of the maps called Nubani, which is basically a, a made-up city in Nigeria, and you have it, it's it's almost kind of like Wakanda. Oh, is that where and, is that where um, Arisa is? Arisa. Yes, is? that's where Arisa. The uh, yes, that is where Arisa is from. Um, Doomfist, the newest yeah, character, is amazing. In fact, I was reading yeah. something today that some of his skins are actually based on Yoruba, um, like the Yoruba pantheon of um, Arisha of gods. Oh, probably. <laughs> I didn't read that, but probably, yeah. Because like for the, like, they're, while while Blizzard isn't perfect, they they've made their mistakes mm-hmm. at the same uh, within Overwatch. At the same time, they've generally been very mindful of of being culturally specific and also just being culturally aware, so that not every character is a white guy, for instance. Yeah. Not every character is a white woman. So it, it's it's it, I'm trying to think. It's not even that many. Just straight up white characters. I actually saw that in Mass Effect, which is really funny. The character that he had made, it's not Shepard. It's another, um, it's another, uh, Pathfinder. Um, he made them black, which made his dad black and his sister black. And then because it was like the beginning of the game is so multicultural, it looked like it was a whole group of black people on the ship. It was awesome. I was like, I don't know how you did that, but take a screenshot. <laughs> like the black characters, like yeah, because because there's some, a little yeah, and also because some of the characters are the characters that you can't adjust are just black characters. So I looked up and it was like his character, which is like him, his family, this extra character and like a Latin dude. And I was like, just take a picture because I don't even know how you did this. (laughs) I brown in space. I love it. I love Um, it. So and of course, the other pop culture thing that I have to ask you about that, that, you know, everybody's talking about now, um, Black Panther. Yes, God. Yes. Yes. Deliver us. Oh. Now it's funny I'm, because I'm I'm constantly because you know I talk about a lot about indie comics and in and, and indie artists and movies and stuff like that. And it's funny because I've been caught in this weird middle place where people are like, oh, I'm hearing people are gonna like rent out theaters for Black Panther. Why wouldn't they rent out a theater for Queen of Catway? And I'm like, Well, they should. They should, and but nobody's stopping I- you. But my, right, but my thing is, why do you? First of all, why are we going backwards to stuff that came out a year ago? One and two, why do people feel the need to say, "Well, you didn't do this. How come you didn't have the same feeling?" Like, 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 like. Let's let's separate the two. One, okay. Number two, let's understand that these are two totally different movies, totally different genres, oh, totally. totally different audience. Just- so you're going to have a completely different response to these, both of these movies. That said, Queen of Cotway got an amazing support and response 
from the black community. So for someone to be like, why don't you do that? Why don't you do that? You're funny. (laughs) (laughs) She said, why don't you do that? That's a meme. Somebody's about to meme that. I'm just... (laughs) I hope I do make that into a gif. I will. Um, So... Fan bros were some of the first people to do this. I always do this. I always immediately start looking at the crew because editors and all of us, nobody ever gets gives us any credit. Nobody ever knows what we do. So, but it was really nice to see you guys um, talk about Ruth and the the um, costumes, Ruth e. Car- e. Carter, rather. Ruth Carter, yes. And um, the costumes and the work that went into that. Um, I just know, because I know a lot of people that worked on Luke Cage, and they made sure that that a lot of the crew, a lot of people behind the scenes, a lot of stunt team, a lot, even the effects team, some of the if the guy that lead, led the effects team on Luke Cage, I know him personally, was a black man. So it's nice. really nice to see all of these people behind the scenes in roles when people go, oh, I well, it's not like we're not trying to hire a black set designer. We just don't know any. You know, so what what's amazing about this is it also helps support these people's resumes, these people's IMDb accounts, these people mm-hmm. in oh like cause you know me. There's a lot of people who like to do the fighting of, oh, stop saying that you can't find a black comic book creator. Stop saying that you can't find, you know, a female director stuff. Well, you had a dope thread about that where you're like, oh, you don't know any people right. of color comics. You like you you named literally like 30 or 40. Right. <laughs> but see that's what I try to do because people are it, like I I, I don't want to hear any more excuses. Here they are. Go talk yeah. to them. You know it's absolutely so an excuse. I but I try to not even let them have that. Like you can't ask me because I have blog posts, I have receipts, it's been storified. <laughs> So it's, That's all you got to do. There have even been video of me saying this. Very early on, I was not a fan of Black Panther. But this is before mm. Cheo. This is before Ava was even in. When they first announced this film, there was nobody Black on it. And the man writing the script was not Black either. So is that why you weren't a fan? That's exactly um, why I wasn't a fan. Yeah. I said, this that is sense. not going to work. You cannot build this. I get that the character was originally created by two white men. I get that. But in this day and age, right now, you cannot do this without us. You just can't. So until exactly. I saw, even when I started talking about Ava, I'm like, okay, I'm now interested. Ava turned it down. I'm like, now I'm no longer inter- interested. So <laughs> until I saw that it was Cheo and that I was seeing all the other people coming in, I was like, okay. Now I feel bad. By the time they had um, Denai Guerrero and Angela Bassett and Michael B. Jordan, I was, you know, I was was, was on the train. I was on the the soul train with everybody else. But I, it's, it's really important because they keep putting us in front, but not behind Mm -hmm. to make any decisions. So I think I am even more excited because if I said Cheo, Cheo directed Luke Cage. Um, Right. Thank you. If Ryan Coogler has final edit credit, final cut credit, meaning yeah. that they can't make changes without him, if that is in his contract, oh, that's what they, okay. if that is in his contract, yeah, everybody thinks that final cut is just named application. It actually comes from something. If he has final cut, a final cut clause in his contract, then uh-huh. no one can make a change to a single frame of that film without going mm-hmm. through him. So wow. hopefully that's real power. That is real power because you don't know how many directors have sent stuff. And then all of a sudden things are getting changed before they go to go to the theater based on what a marketing team or what a, uh, a test group um, has decided. Mm-hmm. And it's not their vision anymore. So if he has that, 
I think it's going to be an amazing film. But are you guys going to run out of theater? Because I want to be there. We are doing something very big. And you'll know. Because <laughs> it's, it's going to be a stage reveal. But okay. yes, it will involve the theater. It, it's going to be a quite... Uh, uh, the way we're... we're, we're positioning it we're trying to really make it a huge event well, it should so be. it should be and fan bros event right like yes the fan bros event but there might be someone else involved and i'll let you know you'll see you guys will see y'all see y'all see you'll see well, well you'll know ahead of time but yeah i mean i know people who are right. like is it going to be in this city like do i need to make a hotel reservation It'll be in New York. okay be in New York. i'm just checking because i need to buy plane tickets and stuff now um yeah if that's no no, no no it'll be in new york no it'll totally be in new york but 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 one of the things I just, before we moved on, I just wanted to mention about Black Panther and really to kind of respond to people who's like, well, why do you behave like that for Black Panther or why do you care? Da, da, da. It is, and you touched upon it already, it's vastly important that this movie goes off exactly how you say it goes off. And, and that's also could, unfortunately, may be to its detriment as well because um, Ben Amin said it before, my podcast partner, if... He, we, we almost feel like if this movie is not everything to everyone, then someone's gonna have something to say about it. You know, if it's not black enough, if it's not woke enough, if it's not all this, these, these, these ridiculous standards that needs to be there. What is important to me is everything we had just mentioned. The fact that of a great deal of people behind the scenes are black, black women, black women. A great people deal of people in front of the scenes. The whole, generally speaking, the whole cast is is black, and the fact that you're depicting what you haven't seen before, really in in a, in, in in mainstream cinema, and of course in a Marvel universal uh, universe type of situation, an African country nation completely independent, never been colonized, never been invaded. Can you, can you uh, imagine how, how brilliant is, how brilliant I mean, those children are that have never ever once looked at somebody white and a cop or something and said, "Oh, okay, how do I have to change how I act, how I speak, how whatever?" Can you imagine? Well, keep, keep game. Imagine a society where you don't have European or whatever standards, where you don't have white supremacy involved from Jump Street. Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine if you, you and I, living in this world or living in some state or country, whatever, where white supremacy was never a factor and you were able to grow to your fullest potential with people that looked like you. And even if you saw people who didn't look like you, it wasn't even an issue. It was the fact that you understood your place in this world and you had complete capacity and control over your intelligence and your creativity and all the other stuff without any of the BS. Yeah. Like, just imagine. So to be able to see that on film, and yes, it's comic book and all the other stuff, but from but that, a deeper yeah, level... Yeah, that's the interpretation that I'm very, very, right. very interested in seeing. Yeah, from a deeper level, that's so important for us to see. And yes, that's why everyone's losing their mind. From a surface level, yes, because Mother Angela and all these other people who are involved in it, and Lupita, yes, you yes, yes. Mother Queen. Angela, you were learning. She is Mother. I, I always refer to her as Mother. Queen Mother, Queen Mother Angela. But, but even besides that, just from a deeper understanding... Black Panther is incredibly important to Black people in America and Black people abroad, really the, the diaspora, if you will. So I, I, I just think people just need to chill out. They do need to chill out because I've actually also spoken to I had, <laughs> I had spoken to a couple of people who were of um, African descent, and I asked, I'm like, okay, so like literally from Nigeria, from Ghana, from South America, I mean South Africa, um, and. Some people, it, it was sort of divided. I mean, some people were like, well, I don't think this, 
I don't think that's necessary. I don't think this is necessary. I don't. And other people were like, it's fiction. I think it's fun. It's fiction. At the end of the day, it's fiction. Right. And that is one thing that I did. I did have an argument with somebody very recently about that. They're like, you know, well, I don't think Wakanda, the, the accent is right that Chadwick Boseman is using because that- it is not in located in South Africa. That is the wrong dialect. I'm like, really? Where's Wakanda located? Because what I liked, last checked, it was fiction. And in the Marvel Cinematic, actually, sorry, in the comic book universe, Wakanda's changed locations like eight times. So Here's here's the thing. And it's literally in the production notes. You can Google it. They literally took his accent as an amalgamation of maybe five different countries with where Wakanda may have been somewhere around South Africa and, and, and other countries surrounding it. His accent doesn't exist. It doesn't, it's not going to sound like something that you think it should be because it, do, it is not, exist. it's made up. It's, it's literally fiction from the accent to everything about it. It's all fiction, but they are driving the, the source of it is all from yes, areas in real life, but it's an amalgamation of many different things. Even the costuming are amalgamation of various tribes, yes. the colors that they use, the, the, the shots, like, like, honestly, guys. you know what I actually was telling somebody, it's actually, if you were to actually put it into a real life world, it would be an accessible, an inaccessible version of Timbuktu because everyone used to pass through Timbuktu. Timbuktu was a center of mm. science and it was a okay. center of, um, intelligence. And it was, it was a, like, if you had a problem that you couldn't solve a, uh, uh, a disease that you couldn't heal, you went to yeah. Timbuktu because that's where the brain trust of mm-hmm. Africa was. So there was always somebody dropping off a cloth, a, a, a headdress, a feather, a bead, a child. So t- Timbuktu... <laughs> all children, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so everybody looked different, grew different, you know what I mean? So it's just, it, that's what I use as an example. Somebody needs something live action. I said, but you know what? Y'all weren't doing this when they were jacking up New York City in Avengers or in, 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 um, um oh, are you talking about Dr. Yes, Strange? Yes, Dr. Strange. Okay. But I'm like, you weren't having a fit over like New York, not being in the right place. Like literally like I, I uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, when they were at, there was a part where they came up out the subway and I was like, oh, I know that was spot in Queens. And then the next shot, I'm like, that's not Queens. I, I literally, <laughs> I said the same thing. I was like, that's not in New York at no. all. Like that's I, like Toronto. Well, I know. It's like, they, I think they shot it in Atlanta. I'm like, that's on somebody's <laughs> peace tree. Like, that's, that's not set. because that's not across the street ever from that <laughs> from New York. I, I and I admit we're snobby. No, but my thing is like we're not. You know, you're losing your minds over things. Like, come on, let the movie just let. Can can it live? Let it live. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. As far as Black Panther, I just I just wish just see it for the happiness yeah. and the joy that it's 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 manifesting in people versus oh well it's not this or it doesn't have that or that. I'm telling you. All that BS and yaya you're talking about, I can probably refute it in five seconds. So, oh, like, we, oh, we all can. I think the thing for me that <laughs> I hope, and I hope he, I hope they are not hampered by what Luke Cage was hampered by a little bit with the criticisms later. Um, there was that whole um, group of people who felt that Luke Cage was catering to respectability politics and that whole thing. And I honestly, I know it's really interesting. Yeah. Well, they felt because of a lot of the things that he did and a lot of things that people said that they were basically making it safe for mainstream or white folks, basically. And they said, 
Okay. They said ninja like every other. What are you right, talking about? Right, but I about? think the trade-off with saying between saying ninja was that he had to go back to jail or he had to. And the only person that I felt was playing respectability politics was Alfred Woodard's character because that's what she does. But that's because she's a politician that's her, and that's, that's what politicians that's her do. Job. They, yes. But a lot of people felt that it was a detriment to um, black men and their, you know, he was stunted and all these things. And I felt those arguments I felt were really, I mean, I was fascinated by them. I didn't agree with them, but I was fascinated yeah. by how many people felt this way. And I also felt that there was a disconnect between like reality. They were like, yo, why did he have to be sweeping up in a barbershop? I'm like, because did you miss the part where he, he escaped from jail? And if he gets, if he has a checking the account, they go find him. Get a job was the barbershop. Listen, I I don't want to you know I'm not going to be that person like you should read the book and uh, but but the, but I just feel like watch the story for what it's worth and then if you have questions where you're like well why did they do that or what why did they make that decision Look, do a little bit of research yes. because sometimes not all the time but sometimes those decisions that they make on whether it's TV or film are based on canon or based on some subset of it that they decided to to enhance Trust or change me, if a little anybody bit. read the original Luke Cage Luke Cage was another comic when they said they, that they announced that I was like mm. right. and I said because when, never it, said, I've, when it first came out it was like black exploitation era that's and that's what ben tells me like i've I've never read the comic but i just i just knew i you know what i did i went online and i googled and i said okay this is what luke cage is about generally speaking yes it's gone through that weird black exploitation era and now they're they're trying to clean it up i guess and then we had this honestly the most detrimental thing of that show was diamondback because he wasn't that great diamondback uh, was unnecessary in fact diamondback was scarier when you couldn't see him Right. And number one, killing Cottonmouth. That was a death. I wish that happened. I think it should have happened. I think Cottonmouth should have been the only villain. No, I should. I do. And I'll explain why. I, if, if Once you saw what had happened to her and everything, but I don't think they should have had two villains. I don't think it should have been Diamondback and Cottonmouth. It should have been Cottonmouth. And what happened to him should have happened at the end instead of Luke taking him out, it should have been her and it should have been a big surprise. That would be, okay. that would have been the only rewrite that I would have done. But I think for some reason, Diamondback had to be in there. I don't know how it plays in. He was um, weak. He was, was weak. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't think he was as much of a... Like, this man had a building drop on top of him and exploded <laughs> and you give him cotton mouth. Okay. I just... I don't know. It just didn't do it for me. It didn't do it for me. So it's the same way. Like when I heard Manape was going to be in um, Black Panther, I'm like, fix it. The way Ta-Nehisi took him out in the comics was everything. So if they do it like that, I'll be extremely happy. He brought him in. Read Ta-Nehisi's run. I don't know why I'm talking to the mic. Read Ta-Nehisi's <laughs> Honestly, run. Read Ta-Nehisi's run. Read Roxanne Gay. And yes, World of Wakanda, the crew. And I'm sad because I was a fan of the original crew. I actually just was able to finish recollecting that series. And I was excited to read the second one. And I'm pissed off they canceled it. But that's for a whole other podcast. So, <laughs> moving forward. Um, now... I want to talk a little bit about um, tech a little bit because that is, you are the the, the grand duchess of tech. tech. I call the goddess of tech, whatever. She knows (laughs) Thank you for the upgrade. That's great. Grand duchess, yeah. (laughs) Grand duchess means there's other people above you. No. Goddess of tech. Um, You are a gadget queen. So what are some of the gadgets that 
you think we should be using right now, working with? What is the what is the average blurred girl need? So like devices themselves or, or accessories? Like because also yes. I have to say some of the things <laughs> some of the things that I like that are, are actually very simple. They're not like, you know, very high tech or complex things. Like I'll show you what I have here. Like like you see this phone case, yes. like right, you know, everyone has phone case, right? Real plain, right? But the fact that it's magnetic and <gasps> you know, you don't have to drop it and all that other oh, stuff, but like you could you know slid in there, it's magnetic. It's magnetic. So, and, and that's a lot of people, they go to like the vendors at the malls and like they buy these really crappy cases. In terms of actual devices, um, when it comes to phones, if you're an Android person, definitely the Galaxy S8 is where it's at. That is the best right now. Um, the OnePlus 5, it's 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 very good as well. Um, um, there, I'm, I'm the proponent, I'm a proponent for um, the headphone jack mm-hmm. so if a phone is missing that i have a problem um as far as you don't want, I, you don't want two accessories to plug your headphones in no as far as um ios is concerned oh, if, definitely is that, is that new york because i have problems with all those little bluetooth things because i don't understand why somebody oh. can't just walk up and walk away with them yeah well and honestly anywhere so <laughs> yeah. You gotta be careful. Um, when it comes to iPhone, definitely the iPhone seven and above, specifically because of the camera. The camera has is legit. Really, that is, yeah. I, I mean, there are better cameras now, particularly with 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 Samsung coming around. But um, as far as when it comes to iPhone, the seven's camera is the best right now. It's really amazing the the quality on that and the resolution on it. Okay. Um, as far as home devices, definitely get yourself, if, especially if you're a big Amazon user, get yourself an Echo Dot or you know the larger uh, um, Echo with Alexa. That is very helpful in life. I mean, just the fact that it's connected directly to your Amazon account. So if you need to order something, you can actually just speak to it more or less in plain language and it will pick it up. If you want to set reminders for yourself, if you want it to read off your calendar, if you wanted to read off your emails, if you now, wanted to I'm, play music. I'm nervous about Alexa because it doesn't turn off. So I always think that somebody's always it's listening just, to me. No, but I mean, I always it. think that somebody's listening to me. Like I know with Siri, it's listening, but then it dumps. It has a cash. Oh Lord, it heard me and it's answering me. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> she heard her name. I have, I have hey Siri turned off because of that. <laughs> but um, I love it. But at the same time, if... It, like it'll in a few seconds it will dump that command mm-hmm. because I I didn't do anything with it. I heard Alexis commands don't turn off; it just stays on. You know. So isn't somebody somewhere in a in a room listening to me? Oh, no, no. <laughs> and, and and that's the thing. from a privacy perspective. They're like, well, who's listening to my stuff? Who's tracking my stuff? Yes, like when you use things like like I have a Google Home as well. When you have Alexa, if you like when you go into the app you'll see that it tracks everything you've ever asked it. Like, especially with home and Google tracks everything anyway. It, it'll, it'll keep logs of this day and this time you asked Google this and this was the result and this and that. That said, you can change the settings so that it doesn't keep that information. You can clean, uh, purge the cache, if you will. But that said, I do want to make a point to everyone. Like, I know people's like, well, I'm not trying to use that because it knows my business, da, da, da. Everybody know your business already. Right, because you, you were just on Facebook telling everybody. 
if you are on, if you've ever used Facebook, if you ever used Google in any capacity, it doesn't even matter if you never used the email in any capacity, if you use Amazon in any capacity um, and other really top sites, if you use them in any capacity, they know your business. So a lot of people are like, they learn about this stuff and they go, oh, I don't want them knowing my information or, or, or they know they it. They already have you, it. They already have they already it. Have That's it. what I was saying what? about Captain America's like, Civil War. I said that algorithm that they were talking about was the scariest part of that movie. Yeah. What, <laughs> what, what, what you can learn and change, however, is the fact that there are settings in all of these places where you can opt out of many of these different things about how they, you know, auto keep all of your, your, um, commands, for instance. Um, maybe you want it to clean out the cache every so often. Maybe you don't want them to track your whereabouts online. Like and those maybe, are actually- Maybe you shouldn't use Alexa to order weapons. I'm thinking maybe maybe you shouldn't use your Amazon Echo to order incendiary devices. That might help with them not listening. <laughs> so like um, the people who say, well, I'm, I'm a Civil War reenactor <laughs> and I'm buying all this stuff. Listen, if that's what you do on your spare time, that's you. Just don't be mad if somebody, the FBI, somebody wants to try to put two and two together wrongly. That's on you. I'm just saying, be smart about I would, it. And I, I would I've, love to see somebody roll up into bed, you know, come to bed style saying, we're coming here because you have <laughs> rifles and weapons. And some brother saying, I, I, I'm, I'm a Civil War reenactor. Real talk, they come in for less. Oh, These, sure. the, the, I'm sure for a lot less. So you could do all this stuff and probably no one bothers you. But the minute you say Black Lives Matter, you know, someone's coming for you. That said, we're going back to the, the tech devices. Uh, when it comes to mobile laptops and things like that, I always suggest getting, if you're in a PC world, get a Microsoft Surface. That has been monumental in my life. I have a, I have a Surface Pro 3, which, is, which came out um, like three years ago now. But... When I say that has been the best device that I have used to do all my my PC work, and by PC work I mean Photoshop, um, um, doing working on the site, working on podcasts because I also edit podcasts and produce them. Like like anything you can probably do creatively or, or just general work wise, Excel and all that stuff, you can do. Like it's not an app. It's not a smaller version of the program you love. No, it's the actual program you would use if you're sitting down at a desk typing on a computer. So, and, and it's, it's, it's not a watered down version. It's not a watered down version. So that's definitely an amazing device. Um, I already mentioned a home device, mobile device, your phones. Um, there's a lot, uh, I would definitely suggest getting into uh, VR as well if you're if you're into gaming and or just want to try it out. Try out things like the Samsung Gear if you want to see what what VR looks like. That's really fun as well. Um, if you we we mentioned gaming, but this is also tech. If you're looking for a gaming device that's that you can actually take with you and play on your TV, take. Lord Jesus, please buy this, the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, I'm thinking of getting a Switch. If Tekken, the new Tekken comes out for Switch, I'm getting it. Because I can... The Nintendo... Yeah, girl. Yes. You can't... I, I was playing Zelda earlier. But, <laughs> but the Nintendo Switch is really a monumental system. I might system even get and Kingdom Hearts. I might even fall down that rabbit hole. Yeah, well, do you have a PS4? Yeah. Okay, good. So you'll be painting on your PS4. Oh, it's not for Nintendo? <laughs> okay, but I wonder if I wonder if Tekken could. There's because Tekken sometimes comes out on multiple 
thing. So I'm going to have to check. I haven't played Tekken in a year, so I don't know if they... I mean, in the past, and I'm talking about like... PlayStation. 10 years ago. PlayStation. PlayStation, yeah. I, I don't know what they're doing now. But as far as... I, I don't know. It's, it's Kingdom Hearts is a Square Enix, which is, is traditionally Sony. So PS4. Okay. So I have to... If I, I have to check the games before I buy it. I yeah, just me, check the games. Before I get me a Switch. Now... One last thing. Thank you for making me not afraid of um, Alexa anymore. Now, is there any way that you can allay my fears about this whole net neutrality controversy? Like, is is 45 trying to take away my internet? Listen, I I won't be able to allay your fears because it's still a big problem right now, but I can just further explain what it is and what we should be doing to try to fight to keep uh, net neutrality. In a nutshell, net neutrality means that all internet traffic is created equal. What that also means is with net neutrality in place, your internet service provider, your ISP, such as um, Comcast or Verizon, whomever, they can't do things like charge more for you to access the same site. So for instance, right now you can go, you can type in, you can type in fanbros.com, you can type in amazon.com, Google, whatever. doesn't matter whether it's big, small, whatever. As long as it's a, it's a live server, there's no connection issues, you can go to it no problem, right? Fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. That's with net neutrality in place. Without net neutrality in place, you will get, you will, you more than likely will see things where if you go to the big guys like Amazon and Google, you probably won't have any trouble accessing them. But if you go to maybe a more independent site, you may see that loading wheel. It may take a little longer if you want to watch a video from an internet Unless site. you pay for it. Right. It may buffer a little longer. And when I say pay for it, I don't mean just paying for access. I mean the people who who create this content, who create these websites, they may have to pay the internet service providers more to get more prioritized access. And for people who are independent- Is that, like is that the, just really quick, is that, similar, is that similar like Facebook? Like, you know, no one's gonna see your posts unless you pay that little boost button and um, more people a, can see it? In a way, you can use that analogy because without net neutrality, what that means is ISPs kind of have free reign to to treat internet traffic as they want to treat it. Okay. So if they if they can say to content providers, hey, if you want people to get directly to your site, you have to pay on the $500 level or whatever the case may be. Whereas not everyone could pay that, right? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean people won't be never be able to access your site, but it will be that much more harder. And because it's harder, people are going to abandon that access uh, request. So if you know to go to Thailand, for example, your site, if you know when you go to Thailand, right away it comes up. This is this is we're modern age, right? right? Everything comes up very fast. If we go to your site and it takes a minute or more to at least they access will leave. it, they people will are leave. dropping. Yeah. People are dropping. And so so uh, and there's a lot to net neutrality. That's just a very simplified understanding of of what it is. It also encompasses. Uh, customer rights, uh, what ISPs can do with your 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 account mm-hmm, information, mm-hmm. your your and my account information. I'm talking about the whole thing: your demographic information, uh, where you live, the the not the, the types of sites you access, like that type of stuff. They could essentially sell that to advertisers, and that's also a privacy issue. So, what we're trying to do is talk to 
the FCC, um, the head of the FCC, who is part of the Trump administration, is trying to she take away. Trump. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. That's awesome. I, I, that's what I call him. Um, I don't. I don't really know her like that, but. <laughs> The Trump administration is 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 against net neutrality because they're all about big business. And for the FCC to want to now try to overturn that is the problem. And that's why you've seen lately, you said you've heard a lot about it lately. Mm-hmm. You've seen, uh, I use them as an example, but they're actually on the, the side of the people. Amazon, Google, Twitter, uh, just a lot of the, the bigger companies, Apple, like they're, they're actually like, whoa, net neutrality is important because the, the internet essentially belongs to the people. The, inter- right. the, the, the internet is undefeated, right? right? Who's making it undefeated? The people. And if you put blocks on what's supposed to be an open internet, more or less, you, you are really now driving a wedge between userships. Now you're adding in um, economic disparity, uh, excuse me, socioeconomic disparity as well. Yes. Remember how we talked about with, with Spider? Spider-Man, yeah. how it's just like you see the different classes. There will now be classes of internets. Exactly. Like it won't just be, oh, every, if, if you have access, you have access. There will be classes. Of, and I'm talking about beyond just your connection speed, yes. beyond all that other stuff. Because it's whoever, just, whoever writes yeah. the code writes the narrative. I was actually having a conversation with somebody um, recently about um, facial recognition software as well as um, just a, an AI. And I said... They were saying, well, we shouldn't have any problems with diversity with AI and with facial recognition. I said, yes, you will. Because if the person writing the code has never seen the person that whose face the, the, the algorithm is supposed to recognize, they're screwed. It's five years ago now, maybe it was a big thing with HP where they created a webcam that would track your face. Yeah. And they learned very quickly, <laughs> consumers learned very quickly that if you had darker skin, it wouldn't track it you. It couldn't find and you. To your, it couldn't find you. And to your point, it's because when it was coded, it was never coded with darker skin in mind. That, and the, remember um, Jackie Alsane, he's, he's a follower of actually Book Wars on yes. Twitter. Yeah, big fan of Jackie. Yeah, and he, he's a coder and he went online. This is when the Google AI, and for those of you who don't know, Google Images, yes, is an AI. It's a baby. Mm. It's a baby AI, but it's an AI. Um, he was looking for pictures of black folks and he had a picture of his girlfriend and himself in there and Google labeled them as apes. And Google took it down right away. They fixed it, but it was because nobody even thought, oh, we should probably differentiate between ethnic different people of different colors and skin tones. Mm. And yeah, so it does matter. This is why, you know, now it's whoever writes the code, you know, basically is, is running the internet. I mean, people, uh, engineers that are people of color are essential. And there there are engineers that are people of color that's out there that, that are prevalent in the industry. But but definitely getting more um, Latinx in the industry, getting more black people in the industry uh, to be able to direct a lot of these things and be in the driver's seats of these softwares and hardwares and all this other stuff because you the engineering aspect is the most important. And and. Honestly, it, it comes down to like when like the whole HP incident, they go, oh, well, we, we never knew that would happen. But why didn't you know? Because, there's because nobody, you didn't have the right there's team. There's literally nobody in there that that's any other skin tone that would 
even consider it. Yeah, it just it just goes back to like the the, the usual, um, and this is why I love having conversations with you, Tatiana, because it's like yes, all the geek stuff and all the geek girl stuff. So now I know I have to get a magnetic case for my phone, and I have to upgrade to the iPhone Seven. I'm still in the six S because I'm cheap. Um, I'm still in the six S too because I, I usually wait. I, I don't. I won't go from upgrade to upgrade. I'll go from S to S. Yeah, I don't so, exactly because I don't like the first of anything because they use the public as their testing ground yeah. as opposed to testing it. For for the reason. Yeah. So, and I actually might go back to uh, Android, to be honest. I actually Sorry. thought you had both. I thought you were one of those people with both I did. Phones. I did. Okay. And then my, my phone bill got too high. Thanks, Verizon. Yeah, well, I, but, um... <laughs> yeah, I'm going through it right now with my cable company. I actually think I might have to switch to Verizon for my, my Wi-Fi because it's just... I'm out with Cablevision, and I mean Optimum, and it's just... Oh, girl, get off of that. Yeah, get off that. It's so, mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so, basically... Um, all of, no, I really appreciate you stopping by. And I, like I said, I could talk to you for like two more hours about this stuff. But all the tech and all the fun. And like I said, whenever I'm online, I'm like, I want to be here when I grow up. Because you get to do all the cool, fun things. I just basically need a team. And I need minions. So I can get from these events to these events. And a, and a camera crew. Um, yeah. So if you know any... Minions, if you could spare any minions. Um, although, actually... I'm not going to call them minions, but yes, I can help. Actually, actually, Ty the Robot, who is one of your um, your actually producers, and he works a lot of your video and stuff, he helped yeah. shoot, actually, all my Schomburg stuff in January. So, yes. shout out to Ty the Robot, who's awesome. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's hard work out here doing all this for free after you do the regular job. But we're trying. <laughs> we're well, trying. Good for me. I do it all during my job. So <laughs> you're lucky. But yeah, so no, I really, really appreciate you stopping by. I cannot wait to see what's coming up next for Fan Bros. And for those of you watching who don't know, we're both affiliates of Universal Fan Con. I don't have any first fan con shirt on, but yeah. <laughs> we gotta we gotta get you yours. So you guys gotta also support Universal Fan Con, who is um also helping to sponsor this lovely yes. uh YouTube channel and podcast. So you guys but thank you so much, Tatiana. I really appreciate it. Thank Please you. tell everybody where they can find you on the interwebs. Absolutely. But let me thank you very much. I'm, I want to say personally, I'm very proud of you. Oh, you are you. so super dynamic. And I honestly, I look up to you because you like, you'll say you want to do something and you do it. And that's like my inspiration. I was like, well, camera just makes it happen. So <laughs> I want to be more like you. Uh, to, ask, <laughs> to answer your question, you can find me generally on the internet under Tatiana King, T-A-T-I-A-N as in Nancy, A-K-I-N-G. If you want to follow me on Snapchat, it's Tati on tech. But otherwise, you can find me Tatiana King. And, and as mentioned earlier, you can find me at Fanbro Show. Um, you can find me at Loudspeakers Network. And if you go to Twitter and just search Tatiana, yeah. she's the first thing that comes up, basically. <laughs> There's like 30,000 Tatianas, apparently. But um, And I'm mad that I'm not the first that pops Almost. Up. Almost. We got to get you there. Almost. But yes, if if you want to talk with me about tech, if you want to talk with me about some something that came up on the Shade Room, if you want to talk to me about fashion, I'm all into all of that. So if you want to talk to about animation, like that's just what I do. I'm just into 
a lot of different things that are very specific and unique, but at the same time, I'm cool peoples. So yes, holla at absolutely. me. absolutely. She's very, very approachable. And for all of you blurred girls watching out there, don't let anybody tell you that like, why are you doing tech or why are you doing this? If you have a question, if anybody's questioning your like tech geek choices in life, you need to look at this girl right here. You need to look don't at- like- Oh, and, and I keep, again, I keep talking to the mic because I'm so used to podcasting. <laughs> don't let nobody pull your card, okay? If somebody say, well, you don't know. You didn't read the book. You didn't. Back up. First of all, watch yourself. Don't disrespect me. Second of all, it's okay to ask questions. I don't know everything. Yeah, I don't know uh, everything either. I mean, I, it's a weird I'm thing that keeps happening that people like, and, and I also it, think it's funny that people, I'm yeah. sure this is happening to you, people approach you or people approach me like, Oh, so, you know, we, uh, we don't know any, uh, you know, black women that are in tech or anything. So can you, you know, talk to us about this? And I'm like, where do you live? What do you, you know? Who do you- well, you know, it, it's really about getting into the mindset of just be a researcher. Like number yeah. one, regardless of what industry you're in, what you're interested in, doesn't matter. We could be talking about ice cream right now. Just be a researcher. Like try to get into the habit of, if you have a question about stuff, you literally, ha- most people, not everyone, but most people in America at least, have the ability to find it at the palm of their hands. You have the knowledge of the world and of the universe almost in the palm of your hands. Research it, get some information about it. Then when you, if you want some clarity or you want like firsthand knowledge, yeah, go to the person who you deem the expert in that specific space. That's fine. Don't be afraid to ask questions. It is okay because when you start asking questions, you enrich yourself. You enrich the person you're asking because then they go, oh, well, that you know, maybe it's a position or a direction that they didn't think of before. Yeah. So it's absolutely, always better absolutely. to talk it out and think of something. That said, don't think that someone's going to do all the work for you. Yeah. Don't think that someone's going to do all the work for you. And Especially black. Don't, 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 don't come to black. I'm saying, Oh, can you do X, Y, Z for me? Like, we, we're yeah, doing a lot that, yeah, yeah, we, we're busy. <laughs> we're busy. We're doing quite a lot. I, I, I just say that to say all this. Be open to speaking and learning. Always learn. Never, never be afraid to learn. And also be open to learn on your own as well. Use the tools that are there. Use them. Yeah. Google friend. There you go. See, on that note, I'm going to leave it in the words of the Grand Duchess slash Goddess. Thank you. Isn't Tatiana amazing? Be sure to check her out on Twitter at Tatiana King and listen to her podcast, The Fan Bro Show. And don't forget to follow me, The Blurt Girl, T-H-E-B-L-E-R-D-G-U-R-L, everywhere. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Snapchat, all the places. And if you like this episode, please comment and subscribe and send it to a friend so that they can enjoy it as well. Thank you so much. And see you on the interwebs.